everyone. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, TVTPFL. It's Wednesday. It's June 8th. It is 2022. We have 12, 10, 10, 10 baseball games to talk about here on today's podcast. I'm joined by TJ. TJ, what's happening, my friend? Doing pretty well. I'm tired. Had a busy day today. Wrote three articles, two uh, streams and podcasts. So it's been a busy day today, but always happy when uh, when we can link up to talk some baseball. So ready to talk about this big 10-game slate we got going on. Yeah, fun slate. A um, lot of stuff going on here. You know, we have some interesting options at pitcher. Some high-end pitchers that are in tougher matchups. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a fun type of slate here. So we'll have to see how it kind of plays out. But let's jump right in with 10 games. We're not going to waste any time here. We get started with Chicago Cubs at the Baltimore Orioles, eight and a half total. In this game, the Cubs, a 135 favorite. Stroman against Lyles. Any interest here in Marcus Stroman? No, I don't think so. He's relatively cheap. So if, if I, as we look at this slate, come back, if we if I'm not too fond of any of our cheaper options, maybe we'll have to come back to him. Like it doesn't look too too great out there uh, in the cheap uh, range, but there's somebody right below him that I see today that I like quite a bit better. So Strowman, I think is okay as a potential uh, SP two option, but I think, I think we can, uh, we can find something better today. Yeah. I think he's in play. Um, obviously he's coming off of his worst start of the season and that's somewhat concerning. Um, but I still think he's someone that, the bottom half of this lineup stinks. There's a lot of strikeouts in the bottom half of this lineup. There's very, very minimal walks. He has a 23% K rate on the season. He strikes out lefties more than righties, and they're going to throw, you know, four, five, six lefties at him in this spot. So he's okay. Uh, you know, I think that is not a huge endorsement, but he's okay. Um, this might be a slate that I pay up at pitching. So, um, any interest here in Lyles? Nope, definitely not. Yeah, I don't think I'm playing Lyles here either. Um, I think I've played him one time this season, and I don't necessarily remember it working out. Um, I think it was against Detroit or somebody. But, yeah, I I think I'm going to pass on Lyles under 20% K rate. The Cubs walk a lot. Um, yeah, the only per, only team you can play Jordan Lyles against is the New York Yankees. Um, let's talk Cubs bats. Any interest in the Cubs bats? Yeah, a little bit. Lyles is somebody that gives up a ton of home runs. Um, they got a they got a they're a team that strikes out quite a bit, but they also have a lot of power. Um, I'm looking at FanDuel and Christopher Morel is really getting up there in price. He's all the way up at uh, 3,500 in the outfield today. So I'll probably be contrarian given their prices. Uh, you got Morel up there, Hap up there. Um, but however, outside of them, you can probably play uh, pretty pretty close to whoever you want, although Wis- Wisdom Contreras is up there as well. Um, Chicago's pricey on FanDuel. So I like, I like them as a potential tournament stack, but... Um, I think they're going to be tough to get there. Cause like you said earlier, I think we're probably going to want to be paying up for pitching today. Yeah, I think they're okay. Um, Lyles is someone that I don't mind stacking against. He gets up a ton of hard contact. Um, so I don't have an issue with the Cubs and 
I mean, even the Baltimore side of this game, I don't mind maybe a three-man stack at the top of the order um, against Stroman. Stroman is a guy that, you know, throughout his career has just been a massive ground ball guy. And, I mean, it's definitely taken some steps back over the last two years. Yeah, big time. He's kind of as he struggled with some injuries over the year, he's sort of kept getting a his, – his declines happen a little earlier than we've hoped, I think. All right, we got Texas at Cleveland, um, Dunning against Plinkinton. Um, seven and a half total in this game. The Guardians are 160 favorites. Any interest here in Dane Dunning? Yeah, Dane Dunning is the guy that when we were talking about Strowman that I like quite a bit as a cheap SP2 option on DraftKings. On FanDuel where he's priced up, I don't have a lot of interest. But on DK, where he's only 6,700, I think he is in a fantastic spot. Cleveland has some great batters at the top of the lineup. Maybe Jose Ramirez is going to ding him for a bomb, but they also give up a lot of strikeouts at the bottom half. So, um, yeah, Dane Dunning is somebody I like quite a bit. All right, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be rude, but who strikes out of the bottom of the order? This this team just doesn't strike out. <laughs> all right, fair. I'm, yeah, I'm, gonna, just, I'm just saying, uh, like you, you're like, <laughs> there's a ton of strikeouts at the bottom of the order, and I mean, um, no, Gonzalez is like ten, Naylor's like ten, Quan is like five, um, Hedges, if he's in there, he strikes out. If Jimenez yeah, is in there, yeah, there you go. You got two guys that have, they have six guys with strikeout rates under fifteen percent against Ryan in pitching this season. I thought you honestly, I thought you were going to talk about the other pitcher in this game when you said that you wanted a cheaper pitcher on the slate. Dane Dunning is my guy. I've been a big Dane Dunning uh, supporter all year and I've been playing quite a bit of, of him. Um, they got Owen Miller in there at a whopping 22%. Come on. That's wild. <laughs> um, no, I, I, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I messed that one up for sure. No, but, it's, uh, it's, listen, I mean, if you like him, you like him. I'm just saying like Cleveland has the lowest strikeout rate in baseball against right-handed pitching this season by like almost 2%. Yeah. Getting friend Mil Reyes not in the lineup definitely uh, helps your helps the strikeout rate quite a bit as well. Um, yeah. So although the strikeout upside may not be high, I still like him as a cheap option as I'm, as I got their plate IQ up now, and I'm not just uh, making stupid guesstimations. You got Jose Ramirez at the 316 ISO uh, against against right-handed batters, but you don't have a lot else against righties. So um, you got Naylor in there. He's a good hitter as well. But I still uh, I still like Dunning, especially when you look at uh, uh, quite a, quite a few of these ground ball rates uh, for these uh, Cleveland guys. Well, it's funny, right? They have the lowest strikeout rate in baseball against right-handed pitching, but they also have the lowest hard hit rate you know, percentage in baseball. So, I mean, they're just a team that makes a ton of contact. So if Babip is in like Dane Dunning's like favor here, then, I mean, he could have a good outing. And at 6,700, you don't need him to put up 30. Would it be fantastic? Yeah, I mean, but if I, if I could tell you right now, you get 15 points for Dane Dunning at 6,700 as an SP2, you're like, all right, then I get my bats. And if, if my stack does what they're supposed to do, then, you know, I'm happy with 15 from Dunning. So um, I hear you. I like the other pitcher in this game, Plankington. Um, I know I mess up his name every time. It's just a thing. Um, it's my favorite thing to do. He <laughs> just absolutely dominated Kansas City last time out. 
And Texas, another team that doesn't strike out a ton, but you also have to see what they're going to do with this lineup because, I mean, Seager, Calhoun, Lowe, Walker was in there. Like, if they throw all these lefties in there, give me the lefty-lefty matchup, and I'll, I'll roll the dice a little bit. Um, but he's 6,700. He has shown that he has big strikeout potential. Um, so I actually kind of like him a lot in this spot. Yeah, he was somebody that when he was 4K against Kansas City – I was yelling on Grinders Live to be playing him, and Dean was calling me crazy. Um, and then he ended up just absolutely lighting up the slate at super low ownership. So I was I was really happy about that one. He scares me a little bit against uh, Texas. They do have a lot of power, but it's like you said, a lot of it depends on the lineup uh, that they that they're throwing out there. But if we do get like a Semi and Seager, Garver, Gal- Garcia uh, up at the, there at the top, and then they're just throwing in righties there at the bottom like Eli White, Nick Solak, whoever they do, those guys aren't very scary, but they're probably not going to be giving you the same uh, strikeout potential for Pilkington. So um, I agree he's interesting uh, to take a shot on, but I do prefer Dunning. Yeah. So, it's really a risk-reward thing, though. Like, realistically, yeah. Pilkington probably has the higher stealing. The thing that I found interesting, I was looking at it before we got rolling here, is his last start was the most velocity by almost two miles an hour on the season for him. So I don't know if it's getting comfortable. I don't know. Um, It's always tough to kind of tell, like, why did he average two mile an hour more in that game against Kansas City than he has all season? And, I mean, he's back at home in this game. So I don't know. You know, it's just something that stood out to me. Um, But it's obviously I want to see the lineup because Texas is a very left-handed heavy lineup. And, if they go right-handed heavy and they take out some of these left-handed bats, um, he's also someone that has shown, you know, some reverse splits as far as strikeouts go. So we'll have to see still very early in his career, but I think ceiling, I play tournaments mostly. Um, that's kind of what I'm looking at here. Any interest in the Texas bats? Yeah, I'll have interest in the top half of this lineup, the bottom half, not so much, but a young pitcher and, uh, like Garcia has been hitting the ball well lately. Seager has been hitting the ball well lately. Semyon has just absolutely woken the heck up and exploded uh, as of late. So I'll definitely have some interest there. But to be honest, you have talked me into Pilkington a little bit, especially on a site like FanDuel where he's 7,100 and we don't have a lot of uh, strong, cheap pitching options on FanDuel today. So uh, you're, you, you've maybe convinced me into some Pilkington. I like it. Um, I mean, if you're playing the Texas bats, I think you're playing Garver. You're playing Garcia. Um, if Himes in there, you know, he's a catcher at 3,400 that has some upside. It's just, I mean, two of two of the top three hitters for Texas, as far as the right-handed bat, they're both catchers. So, I mean, are you really on FanDuel? Are you really going to make a lineup with two catchers? You could do anything else with your lineup you want to do at that point because no one's going to have that. So, um. On the Cleveland side, I mean, Jose Ramirez is 6K. Josh Naylor at 4,100, and then maybe like a third piece as like a three-man stack. But just because I don't love Dane Dunning in this spot doesn't mean like I'm going to line up to pick on him. He's actually been pitching well. He's generating a ton of ground balls. I think if you're picking on him, it's with lefties. He has a 44% hard-to-soft contact ratio against lefties. He gives up a ton of hard contact to lefties. So – Power hitters like Ramirez and Naylor, um, they obviously jump off the page here. 
Yeah, I think Jose Ramirez is one of the best payup options on the slate, and uh, Naylor makes for a great mini stack with him. I don't have a lot of uh, interest in a full stack, but uh, this is definitely a very interesting mini stack team. All right, so we got St. Louis at Tampa Bay. Sounds like it's going to be like an opener situation for St. Louis here. There's no total in this game. Um, sounds like Nottington's going to open and Oviedo is going to pitch in the relief and then Kluber's pitching for Tampa in this game. I'm not touching the St. Louis situation here. I know Oviedo threw like 100 pitches, you know, the other day, but I mean, that was like four days ago. This dude's not going out there and throwing 100 pitches again. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if we see a different like pitcher just in general in this spot. Yeah, I'm with you there. And especially because Naughton's probably a guy that could uh, push two or three innings too as the opener. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm out on the pitching on, this, on the St. Louis side, and I don't think I have a lot of interest in Kluber either. Yeah, I don't like Kluber. I mean, St. Louis is just a solid offense. Uh, I think Kluber... He's kind of found home in Tampa right now. And I mean, pitching in this ballpark is definitely good for him. Um, I think really pitching in Tampa is good for any pitcher. And, you know, we saw Springs have a solid game yesterday against this team. I just, Kluber is just always someone that I just worry about um, in general. Uh, Is the ceiling still there? I mean, he could go out and have a solid game. I just don't know if the ceiling's still there. So I'm not going to play Kluber at 8,400. But honestly, I probably don't stack St. Louis in this spot either. It's kind of a mutual respect. Hope this is a low-scoring type of game. Yeah, I agree with you. And not only that, you look at the other side as well. Um, You have a team that is going to be in an opening situation. They might be throwing a few different pitchers. out there, some lefties, some righties, and the Rays are a team that uh, has some pinch hit risk on occasion, although this year they haven't been as bad at that as years past, especially now that they got so many injuries uh, piling up with Lowe and Frank, uh, Lau and Franco out. Yeah, Lau and Franco out. But uh, I don't think I have a lot of interest in stacking the Rays here either. I don't really have a ton of interest in this game in general. With Franco out, with Lau out, I said this yesterday, the the Tampa stack is just a lot worse right now. One of the reasons that I I mentioned Hudson yesterday is because this lineup just in general is not as strong with those two guys out of it. And I mean, if you end up getting a Rosarena in a great lineup spot or um, um, Manny Margot in a really good lineup spot, they could potentially be interesting, but the re- I think the reason you're going to have this opener situation is because you usually usually have Choi at the top of the lineup and Kiermaier at the top of the lineup, and they have these uh, and that so they start the game with a, not a lefty and Naughton, and then they're going to have the righty coming back up for the guys like Zanino in the back half. So yeah, I don't think we're going to have a lot of interest in this team. Maybe some small pieces if they draw good lineup spots, but that's about it. All right, we got Oakland at Atlanta is where we go next. This game, eight and a half total. Atlanta, 235 favorite. Koenig? 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 Um, against, Ian, against Ian Anderson. I mean, it's so tough to play a lefty. You know, this is the same thing we talked about with Irvin yesterday. This guy has shown that he has big strikeout stuff um, in the minors this season was looking him up a little bit before we got rolling here. And I mean, 
there's just not much data on him. He's 28 years old. He started at the double A level last year, and his strikeout rate from double A to triple A has just increased a ton. So I don't know what to think for him in this spot. All I know is Atlanta is one of the toughest teams to face as a left-handed pitcher. And I don't think I want to take a guy making his major league debut um, going up against Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, he that... did it in the PCL too. That's what's impressive. Like the PCL for anyone that doesn't know is like, that's where the boomers are. Like you're not, you're not pitching well in the PCL and the minors most of the time. Yeah, and, like, what I find interesting is, like, so on FanDuel where he's up above 7K, he's just an immediate scratch off. But I do think it's somewhat interesting um, to to, uh, take him in in, on on DK just because this is now – I was confused earlier when I said there was a lot of strikeouts in the back half of Cleveland's lineup because I was obviously talking about the Braves where there's 26, 31, 24, and 29% strikeout rates in the back half of their lineup. And that's without Adam Duvall, who uh, would be even higher than that if he ends up in the lineup. So um, yeah, I have some interest uh, on DK just because he's shown quite a bit of strikeout upside in the minors and uh, these Atlanta guys, they, they do strike out quite a bit. So Definitely more of a tournament flyer than anything else, but I think you can keep him in your pool if you're playing lots of uh, lineups. Yeah, I did not see the and like I have RG um, alerts and everything. I, I did not see the Duvall news because my daughter was playing Pokemon Go on my phone, and <laughs> and um, I hope he like gets a pinch hit home run. I don't know if that game's still going, but um, I did not swap him out. So. Anyway, it's done. It is not still uh, going, and I played a lot of Atlanta, so uh, didn't help me either. When I had Duval in two of my five lineups, and I just did not like them near as much after I had to adjust that. Yep. Um, well, I didn't adjust it. So Ian Anderson on the other side of this game, I mean, he draws the best matchup in baseball. Oakland's the worst offense in baseball. Ian Anderson has been terrible this season. I can't wait to see what his ownership is here. If he's low owned, I'm playing him. If he's chalky, I might stack Oakland. Um, I don't know, I, and probably don't even stack Oakland. I might just fade Ian Anderson because stacking Oakland just never seems to work. I don't know what to think here, TJ. I think this is purely ownership driven um, on Anderson because, I mean, I'll pitch anybody against Oakland at this point in the season. Yeah, I mean. His strikeout stuff seems to be coming back a little bit over the last three, but I mean, he's still giving up hits. He's still giving up runs. He's given up four homers in the last two. I I'm on the same page here. Like if he's picking up ownership, that's I I'm going to, I might have some interest in some Oakland bats. Um, if he's uh, and I, and I'd want to fade him if he's, if nobody's playing him, if everybody's going the Dunning Pilkington route, then heck yes, I'm going to play some Ian Anderson. So fun fact, right, about Ian Anderson, he we I mean we're at the beginning of the season, we're obviously still kind of just adjusting to a, a shortened spring training because of the the lockout and all that stuff. Like Ian Anderson, his first few starts was averaging right around like the mid 93s, and his three of his last four starts, he's been over 94. So he's getting a little bit more velocity back. Well, Ian Anderson 
has an elite changeup. And for an elite changeup to work, you got to throw hard. Um, you need to be able to adjust the speed. So I think potentially that's why we've seen the strikeouts come back a little bit. But also, I mean, two of those matchups were against Miami. So, I mean, that's always a big bump. But just something that I kind of noticed in in Ian Anderson's numbers. I mean, the swinging strike rate is still above average. Like the, the potential is still there. So strictly ownership for me, because I mean, the, the, the one other of the thing big- I love too. So not, I don't mean to cut you off. It's just fitting kind of right with in, in what you're talking about here, but like early in the year, his pitch count was quite a bit lower as well. And we're seeing him fully stretched out now. 104, 196, 103, 96 in his last five games. And it's like you mentioned the Oakland stack. They don't typically pay off when you play a lot of them. Maybe they hit the odd, the, the odd bomb, but this is a team that's probably not going to string together a lot of hits in a row. So when he has that uh, K upside coming back, we know he has the potential to go deep into the game. As we talk more about him, I, I'm, I'm liking him more and more. Sorry to cut you off there. No, I was just going to say um, his big, one of his biggest things this year has been the walks and, Oakland's not a team that typically walks a ton. So that, that's another added bonus here. Um, I like Anderson. He might be my favorite cheap play if he's not massive chalk. Um, some options. we got some cheaper options today. It's always fun. Um, any interest in the Oakland bats here? Only if Ian Anderson is picking up a lot of ownership, but still probably not because we have a 10-game slate, so I don't think we have to really lo- uh, look there. We can just go somewhere else. I mean, they're they're a straight up vomit stack. <laughs> I mean, they're yeah. so incredibly cheap. You can do two top tier pitchers on the this one and like see how it works out. But yeah, it's tough. Um, any interest in the Atlanta bats here? Tons. They let me down today facing a low strikeout lefty and Cole Irvin, but Ronald Acuna still uh, still lit it up, and this this is a team that has a absolute ton of power, especially against left-handed bats. Um, both like you got Contreras in there uh, at catcher; he absolutely smashes lefties. Albies is way better against lefties. Matt Olson is always under own in lefty lefty matchups, but he's a borderline reverse splitsy. Like he just hits everyone hard. Um, so he's a great play. Austin Riley's great. Acuna, you got to pay up for him over on DraftKings, but he's still a phenomenal hitter. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I love his team. Yeah. I like Atlanta. I'm going back to the well. Um, I think we see Darno and Duvall back in the lineup in this one. And I think that helps the lineup just overall. So we'll see how it works out. Did not work out very well on Tuesday, but I mean, if you played Acuna as a one-off, it worked out fantastic. Yeah, we got the Yankees and the Twins eight and a half total in this game. Yankees, a 170 to 185 favorite in most books here. Cortez against Archer. Any interest here in Cortez? Yeah, I like Cortez a lot. Um, Minnesota is a almost a kind of scary team to uh, uh, play against uh, left handed pitching. Sorry. It's scary to play a left-handed pitcher against Minnesota because they have a lot of power. You got Buxton, you got Gary Sanchez, you got uh, Polanco hits lefties harder than righties and batters like Gio Urshela in there who are pretty useless against right-handed pitchers, but uh, can do some damage against lefties. So I do have a little bit of uh, fear there due to the power and his high price tag. He's up. 11k on FanDuel. He's over at uh, 
um, 10.3 on DK. So he's a lot more affordable there, but it's kind of high risk, high reward. If he's picking up a ton of ownership, I, I might try and get a little bit underweight, but at the same time, if because of that price, not a lot of people are getting to him. I'm he's, he'll be one of my favorite tournament guys because he's just a nasty pitcher with a ton of strikeout upside. Yeah. I think overall here for me, Cortez just, I think he has the highest ceiling on the slate. I mean, we can make, we can make an argument for a couple guys on the slate. Don't get me wrong. Um, we'll talk about them when we get there, but I think when we look at the season, Outside looking in, who has the most ceiling out of these guys? I think it's Cortez. Um, so I think, but okay, so the flip side to that as well for Cortez is I do think there's some regression coming to his strikeout numbers. Um, it hasn't happened yet, so maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I'm wrong all the time. It happens. Um, no problem admitting it, but the advanced numbers still kind of suggest that his 30% K rate is probably a lot higher than it should be. So, but Boom bust spot. I think the ceiling is worth getting some exposure for sure. Um, Chris Archer on the other side of this game. I mean, pitchers can have good games against the Yankees. I personally don't think I end up on Archer today at 7,300. Uh, I think I'm much more likely to stack against them than I am to play him here. Yeah, same boat here. I, I don't have any interest in uh, Archer, but I do have some interest in the Yankees. Let's talk about those Yankees bats. Um, I mean, they're really close to being full strength. I think that this is as close as they've been all year to being full strength. Um, yeah, stack them up here. They're expensive, but, you know, we talked about a couple cheap pitchers. Um, that's the reason why we were talking about a couple of those cheap pitchers. Yep, I'm with you there. And, you know, there's so many pitching options we really like today. There aren't that many bats that I really like today. And so – I think even if the teams like Atlanta and the Yankees, if they end up pretty chalky, I don't think I really care. And I think my, uh, my method tonight is simply going to be getting different in other places. I'm going to get different uh, at pitching today. I'm going to see where that ownership is concentrated because we have a lot of options we really like. And so as we, as we're going through here so far, the teams that we've hit uh, the Yankees and the Braves are right up there top two with each other. And uh, I have quite a bit of interest in them for sure. Uh, Minnesota. I, I don't think I'm playing Minnesota. I mean, you could play Buxton as a one-off um, at 4,900. You could play Gary Sanchez at 4,500, but I don't think I end up on any of the Minnesota bats here. No, one of the best bullpens and the best pitcher on the slate. That's a no for me. Dodgers and White Sox, eight and a half total in this game. Dodgers are 175 favorite. Gonzalez against Johnny Cueto. Any interest in Gonzalez here going up against the White Sox? Yeah, I have a little bit. Uh, he's a he's I I saw a stat today. He's the pitcher in the MLB that is leading in in uh, giving up the least amount of hard contact of any pitcher in baseball this year. Um, he, people don't really like playing him because he's a guy that isn't known going deep in very deep into games and you're not going to get a, a complete game out of him, but this isn't the same guy that early in the year was only going 60 or 70 pitches. His last three, 89, 92, 90, 92 in the game before that. So you're good for upper eighties, low nineties pitches out of him. And Chicago is not a very great team against right-handed pitching. 
um, especially since they're not quite at 100% yet. So, yeah, I do have some interest in Gonsolin for sure. Yeah, they, I mean, they're, I think they're 28th in WRC plus and 28th in Woba against Reina pitching this season. Like, you'd think the talent on this team would shine through a little bit more, but I mean, this offense has just fought injuries all year. So, um, yeah, I think Gonsolin is very playable here at 9,200. If you can't get up to the top, I mean, he's going to limit damage. He's going to pitch six innings, and he's going to score 25 fantasy points. I mean, that's kind of been his MO. Um, and he's doing it against good teams. It's not like he's doing it against bad teams. He's doing it against good teams. So Johnny Cueto on the other side of this game. I mean, Cueto can get can get crafty and, and do well, but there is zero chance I'm playing Johnny Cueto against the Dodgers. Zero Johnny Cueto and uh, the Dodgers are uh, the third team of the day that I'm very interested in stacking today. They might be my favorite stack today. Cueto has run very pure so far with his low swinging strike rate and his massive, massive hard hit rate. Like this dude has a 9% soft contact rate. Um, You (laughs) don't beat the Dodgers when you're struggling with hard contact and low strikeouts and you're walking people. Um, I love the Dodgers in this spot. Yep, I'm right with you there. Uh, The Dodgers, Yankees, and Braves are my top three so far, and uh, I think the Dodgers might uh, might be the number one. Uh, White Sox. I don't really have a ton of interest in the White Sox here. Um, You know, with Anderson being out and Jimenez being out, it's just it's tougher to stack this team overall. They're getting yeah, close, that, though. I, the, both of those guys are getting really close to being back, and I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. They're uh, they're going to be a team a couple weeks from now, maybe even a little uh, shorter than that, that we're going to be able to stack up at low ownership against some poor pitchers. But uh, today is not going to be the day that I'm playing them. All right. We're cruising along here. we got Philadelphia at Milwaukee. Nola against Hauser, eight total, and Nola is a 125 favorite going into Milwaukee. Any interest here in Aaron Nola? Yeah, I, uh, quite a bit more on DK where he's cheaper. Um, I do have interest in Nola. A lot of it's really going to come down to ownership for me. Um, Milwaukee's a team that they can – very inconsistent offense. They can light you up or they can just do absolutely nothing. Um, so Nola is going to be a guy for me that if – He's picking up a lot of ownership. We'll probably get underweight on because like I, like we talked about, there's lots of options, um, but he is going to project well for that price. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think Nola is very playable here. We are going to get Adamus back in the lineup here. Renfro got activated on Tuesday. They said Adamus will be back Wednesday. I mean, that's two more right-handed bats and we know Aaron Nola is, is someone that is very good against both lefties and righties. So I think Nola, depending on his ownership is very playable here. Um, And I mean, with his Rocky road type of season, I don't know if he'll get to the point where he's chalky in this spot. So I think that's fantastic. Hauser on the other side of this game, Philly is beatable right now with right-handed pitching. It's just Hauser hasn't been very good. Yeah. Hauser is not somebody that I have a lot of interest in playing. Um, but some of these Philly guys, I think I actually will. Yeah. I love stacking against pitchers that are struggling with walks and, you know, it's kind of been his thing this season where 
really struggle with walks and just getting guys out. So I have no issue stacking against Hauser here. And especially on DraftKings, like if you want to double barrel up a pitcher, this is a very, very high upside stack that is not very expensive uh, on DraftKings. Like I'm kind of, I'm trying to take take a peek at uh, what I can build it right now and going with what are, we have project. I got Hoskins, Bohm, Cast, Castellanos, Schwarber, and Harper in there. And if I were to pile in two pitchers, just say we're not going to go up all the way to uh, somebody like Cortez, but two pitchers um, that we like here that aren't very expensive, somebody like a Gonsolin and a Eovaldi. That still leaves us 3,600 per, per position. So that's they're an offense today that I think isn't necessarily in the very best spot, but for the for their prices, I think they have some of the very best upside on the slate. Yeah, you know, all it takes is a couple walks and a bomb, a couple walks and a bomb. Uh, I mean, your stack's off and running if you get the front end of the bullpen here from Milwaukee and not that good back end, so... I don't really have a ton of interest in Philly. I mean, Adamas being back and Renfro being back obviously helps, but I think that I'm going to save stacking Philly for another day. Yeah, I think, I think that, I think that makes sense. Having said that, like, I think they might be my fourth favorite offense we've talked about so far. However, those three, the Dodgers, the Yankees at Atlanta are a big tier up above the Phillies for me. Fair enough. Uh, we got Boston at LA taking on the Angels. No total in this game. I mean, it, it's going to be Eovaldi for Boston, but it sounds like it's going to be Deepmers. Um, they pushed him back a day. I mean, Eovaldi is super interesting here. The Angels, I mean, this game's three to three right now as we record the podcast. I think it's the second or third inning. Um, Madden obviously got the can. Um, yeah, I mean, Ivaldi at 8,800 in this spot, I, I think I can play him in large field tournaments if he's not going to get a ton of ownership. I mean, I had a ton of Whitlock, and I think Ivaldi has a higher ceiling than Whitlock. So, I mean, I definitely think I'll roll the dice here on some Ivaldi. Yeah, Ivaldi might be one of my, like, he's up there among my very favorite uh, pitchers on the slate. He's 8,800, and he has that same kind of upside that the guys like Cortez and Nola have up top. So I like I like him a lot. He's probably, like, for if I'm playing one lineup, I think he might be the first pitcher I'm putting in there just because you can play him as an SP1 or an SP2, and he kind of provides a lot of flexibility with that price, and I like him a lot. Yeah, um, Deepmers, I have no interest. I mean, this is someone I talked about yesterday. I don't have to get into it a ton here. If you listen to the podcast yesterday, you know that I like the Red Sox already. Yes, sir, me as well. Bump down the Phillies, insert the Red Sox for stack number uh, four for me today. Yeah, I mean, I'm all in on the Red Sox. This is another spot that I'm going to, I mean, I'm going to play them. Like, luckily, I didn't have to change anything when they moved Deepmers back a day and Suarez was pitching because Suarez is not a great lefty. Um, so, yeah, I like the Red Sox. Same guys I talked about yesterday. Kiki, JD, Xander, Story, Vasquez, Dahlbeck. I just wish Dahlbeck was hitting higher in the lineup. 
Yep. Same, same, uh, nothing I got to add here. You knocked it out of the park. The thing is, though, too, um, just really quick about like Dahlback is you could do a wraparound stack with Dahlback if you don't, um, if you want to make your Red Sox stack just different in general. And he's a big fly ball guy. Um, so just kind of saying that. The Angels, I mean, you can always play Trout and Otani. It's just, it's so hard to stack them outside of those two guys. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you got Ward and Rendon on the IL. You can add in a mini stack, throw Jared Walsh in there as well. 3,900 on FanDuel uh, is just, or sorry, on DraftKings is just way too cheap for him. So I do think uh, Walsh is interesting in that one-off mini stack conversation, but uh, this isn't a team I have a lot of interest in. All right, um, moving right along. We got Mets, Padres, Bassett, Sean Manaya facing off in this one. Lowest total on the slate at seven. Pick them game, and I, I agree with Vegas on this one. I think this is a coin flip game. Uh, we'll start here with Bassett. I think Bassett has a ton of potential in this game. San Diego, on paper, is very talented. San Diego, on paper, is one of the worst offenses in baseball this season. Um I mean, Bassett's a good pitcher. I, I think he could win this matchup. Yep, I'm I'm with you there. This is this is a guy that if he's not picking up a lot of ownership, I think is going to be one of the top tournament options on the slate. And I mean, the Padres, as bad as they've been this year, they do seem like they've woken up a little bit lately. Um, they've they've finally started putting some runs on the board. They got uh, as we're speaking right now, they got four up in the third inning. Um, and so maybe this is an offense that had a slow start uh, due to the uh, shortened uh, spring training and they're picking it up a little bit now, but I still think this is a great spot for Bassett. He's a good pitcher who's uh, underpriced um, in this spot on uh, DraftKings on FanDuel 9,500. I don't think he's going to be somebody I want to get to a lot, but 82 on DK. I have a lot of interest. Sean Manaya, I mean, as good as the Mets are against right-handed pitching, they have been a lot worse against left-handed pitching. Manaya has a ceiling. I mean, he's another guy that kind of fits the mold today is playable in tournaments, probably not safe enough for cash games. Yeah. He's one of these, he's one of those guys that for some reason, I always feel like he's picking up, like he picks up too much ownership. So like, this is, this is another one in the pool that if he's not picking him up, fire him up. If he is picking up ownership, he's going to be a fade for me. I kind of have a feeling that he's going to pick up more than I would like him to just because that's typically what happens. And so if that's the case, I'm not going to get there on FanDuel where he's 10 K. I'm definitely not going to be getting there. I have no interest in the bats in this game. Is there anything standing out to you at all for bats on either side? If you want a mini stack, Pete Alonzo and Francisco Lindor, there's, that's never a problem, but it's it's not the best spot to do that. I mean, you could throw in Marte if you're going to do that um, and then add Kana and make it a four-man on either DraftKings or FanDuel. But hey, add J.D. Davis, make it five. I think I would prefer Escobar over Davis. but Escobar is one of those guys who had a very slow start to this year, and he's hitting the ball a lot better now uh, lately as well, so I agree with you there. He's always had more power from the right side of the plate, too. So, All right, we finished it out with Colorado at San Francisco. Sensatella against Alex Wood in this one. Eight and a half total. Giants a massive 200 favorite here. Um, any interest in Sensatella? None whatsoever. Yeah, I don't have a ton of interest in Sensatella. And 
honestly, I probably don't have a ton of interest in Alex Wood. I know he's a huge favorite here, but I said it yesterday. I'm going to say it again. The Colorado Rockies are one of the best, if not the best team in baseball against left-handed pitching this season. They have been excellent. I mean, they lead the league in Woba at 352. They have an 18.9% K rate, which is the third lowest in baseball. They've been really good. And I mean, Alex Wood's 8,600. Alex Wood has not pitched good this season. He had one decent start early this year, but he has not pitched well. On FanDuel, Alex Wood is 7,300. And so he's much, much more in the conversation. There. No, he's not, TJ, because he's going to be chalk. Yeah, yeah, and if he is, he's going to be my one of my very favorite fades. Yeah. Um, but if he if he's not chalk, I do think he's uh, he's a lower price option you can go to. However, if he is chalk, I definitely I'm with you, um, especially on a site where uh, strikeouts are worth more. Why not take a shot on Connor Pilkington if uh, he's going to be 2% owned and Alex Wood is going to be 25% owned? So if that's the case, uh, I, he's going to be a strong fade for me. Um, maybe even go up to Ian Anderson if he's lower owned. But if Anderson's picking up more ownership and not a lot of people are going there, I do think he, he'll become somewhat interesting. Um, Colorado Bats, I mean, if Wood's getting ownership, I love stacking them here. Um, I mean, CJ Crone, Joe would be the two guys that I'd start with, but honestly, like Diazza, Rogers, Iglesias, Gritchick, um, Hampson, all of these guys have an, a Wobo over 375 against left-handed pitching this season. So, I mean, the stack is very, very playable. Fun fact, fun fact, the two through seven hitters, they've not hit an in-fly, infield fly ball yet this season. That's crazy. That's Joey Votto-esque. Yeah. They're like, we're not hitting the ball in the infield. We're we're at least getting it to the outfield. We're gonna we're gonna do work. So which you gotta you have to think is probably a pretty conscious management decision and like lineup building decision if you're a Rockies, if you're in the Rockies brass just due to the stadium that they play in. I mean, listen, they they have put together a really good lineup against lefties. If they could get some guys to do i mean just get a few platoon guys i mean how good okay how good would jock peterson have been for like the rockies just perfect yeah we want you to platoon and we want you to come hit bombs in in cores like i I know he signed with giants and we're going to talk about him on the other side of this game and everything but i mean he just would have been he would have been a great fit for um this team. On cue, the Rockies score another run, and the fade Carlos Radon uh, train may be the only thing that saves me from not playing any Yankees tonight. I faded Last him. Night. I faded him as well, and that Rizzo home run actually put me to where I'm almost break even. So that was fantastic. So, um, Giants bats. I mean, they're really interesting as like your late night hammer here. I think a lot of people yeah, go I- Red Sox, but I think the Giants have just as much upside. I have a lot of interest in the Giants. I played them last night as well. Um, Sensatella is a much worse pitcher than Marquez is. And yeah, I, I'm very interested in the Giants. Peterson, Flores, uh, Longoria, Yastrzemski, Crawford, all of them. I think they're in great spots. Check the lineup, see when it comes out and uh, let it rip on uh, San Fran. I think they hit the top five stacks for me. And I mean, 
I think there's really six. If you add in Philly is the sixth one. I think those are the six offenses I'd want to um, maybe add Colorado as seven. I think those are the teams I really want to focus my lineups around. And when it's a 10 game slate, that's a pretty tight pool. Um, so I really think my plan for the day is sprinkle in a bunch of different pitchers and really um, lock in on uh, these stacks uh, that we've been talking about. San Fran would be in my top five. Colorado's probably seven. Philly sixth as well as Boston and Atlanta and the Dodgers and, uh, and the Yankees. So I think that's, that's going to kind of be my game plan for tonight's slate is big pitcher pool, pretty tight hitting pool. All right, let's play the morning grind game. We're going to use DraftKings pricing and scoring under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. Who do you like today? Under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. I'm going to go with Ian Anderson. Yeah, that's who I was going to pick, too. Um, I like him to get some strikeouts in this game and pitch well. Um, give me give me Mr. Plinko. Um, that's that's his new nickname for sure. For sure. Um, in this spot. I, I like Connor here. Over 8K to get under 15 fantasy points. Who's your bust today? Um, I know who you want to take, so I won't take him, and I'll go Corey Kluber. Actually, I'm going to go Oviedo, Oviedo because he's a relief pitcher over 8K. There you go. I'm um, going Alex Wood against the Rockies. I do not <laughs> like this spot for him whatsoever. Over 4K to go yard today. Who do you got hitting a home run? Over 4K to go yard. Let's get a little fun with it and say Jock Peterson does it from the late night hammer. I like it. I'm going to go in those late games as well. And same the same guy I said yesterday. But now he's actually going to get Dietmer's. Uh, give me Trevor's story. Under 4K to get two hits. Who's a cheap bet that you like to get a couple hits today? Sorry, I got distracted because as we were talking, uh, Mike Trout just got taken out of the game. So that might make things a lot more interesting uh, for uh, Nathan Eovaldi as well. So under 4K, smack a couple of hits for us. Why don't we go with, hmm, there's not that many options down here that I like. We are going to go with uh, Jared Walsh. I don't mind that. I think this guy is just just an IL underpriced player right now. Um, Coming off the IL on Tuesday, give me Tyler Um, Mm O'Neal going up against Corey Kluber. He's just too cheap. Tyler O'Neal. Is very talented. He shouldn't be 3,500. So he might not get us two hits, but I'll take a home run. Uh, give me a stack to score six or more runs today. Dodgers. Dodgers. The Dodgers. I'll take the Yankees today. I like the Yankees a lot. Um, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, kind of. I kind of summarized at the end there. I like it. I, I think I'm going to like a tight hitting pool and a uh, pretty flexible pitching pool. Uh, really just wait and see on the ownership because we have a lot of really great options and none of them are head and shoulders above the other ones. So if there's somebody picking up a lot of really concentrated ownership, look to make some pivots. And uh, cause we outlined a lot of different, really strong pitchers out there in the mid t- uh, in the upper uh, price range. I like Cortez. 
Um, and Yavaldi as probably my top two over uh, over Nola and Manaya, but I like Gonsolin in there as well. And on the cheap range, it's uh, Ian Anderson, Dane Dunning, Marcus Stroman, and I don't even hate taking a shot on uh, Koenig on DK. That is going to wrap it up here for Wednesday. We'll be back Thursday talking more baseball. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you then.